Hello, friends. My name is Marcy Youngster, and you are listening to the Catholic Whisperer Podcast. This channel will be about discussing how to live your faith, love your family, and create a life of fulfillment by becoming your very best and helping everyone in your path. Hello, friends. I'm back with part three of my series on the conversion of my dear friend Connie into the Catholic Church as she lay dying from stage four cancer. On my most recent episode, I was sharing with you how in praying over Connie, I heard two words. One was witch doctor and one was St. Catherine Drexel. And as a result of that, I became more intimately involved in the whole story of Connie, of her, her background, being a Creole, which is, in her case, was 75% African, 25% French. And I realized that in moving forward with her life story, of my secret, intense, hidden desire for her to enter the beautiful bosom of the Catholic faith so that she could be eligible to receive the many, many, many manifold gifts, blessings, sacramental graces, healing, etc. that is only available in the Catholic Church. I realized that using the story of St. Catherine Drexel could be a pivotal aspect in her conversion story. Now, this whole story with Connie that I'm sharing with you is basically a mystical story of conversion. It's basically the story of a divine rescue of Connie for Jesus our Eucharistic King in heaven. It was Jesus who sent me, his little shepherdess, into her world at a point when she was feeling very abandoned, full of pain, desolate, and crying out to heaven. Her dear friend confided to me only later that Connie was actually suffering, wondering, was Christianity even really real or true? Because in Connie's own sad experience, as perhaps you have experienced, she felt let down. She felt abandoned by the very people who were always telling her to be a Christian. Perhaps you're like this. Perhaps you sometimes struggle and wonder if Christianity is true, if the very people who claim to be Christians continually or periodically fall so far short of what being a Christian truly means. And in the throes of this agony, my friend now tells me that Connie was struggling with faith. Was it all real? Because what she was experiencing was absolutely devastating. But Jesus, the divine lover of Connie's soul, saw all. He heard her cries. He heard the cries of her dear friend, who was crying out to God to send someone new to help Connie. As I alluded to in my previous episode, I had absolutely no knowledge of any of this. I simply was living my life when I got that tap on the shoulder that a soul was in need. My friends, I encourage each of you, if you are in a place like I am where you wish to help souls, please try and stay present and ready because someone at any moment could tap you on the shoulder and the divine King of Heaven could be calling you to come to the rescue of one of his precious lambs. So everything in this story started with the mystical and then it was supported with the material, with the material aspects of a Catholic and a Catholic living her life, of a Catholic 
sharing that light, sharing the beautiful little sacramentals, the beautiful little habits, the beautiful aspects of a Catholic lifestyle. In the course of this story, what ensued was that Connie was given access to me as well as to a very anointed friend. And actually, I'm recalling two other anointed friends who would come to pray over her. Prayers of deliverance, prayers of spiritual warfare, prayers of healing, so that Connie truly felt supported. Now, what's really remarkable, and again, this was not readily apparent to us at the time, all of these people who God was now sending to Connie were devout Catholics, Eucharistic Catholics. And by that, I mean Catholics who daily go to the altar of our Lord and receive His precious body and blood in the sacrament of Holy Communion. Daily as Catholics, we are filled to overflowing with His sacramental presence. We are given all of the fruits and gifts of the Holy Spirit. My friends, if you are struggling as a Catholic and you're wondering, is there anything more? Perhaps it's time, perhaps it's time to take a close inventory of your spiritual life and ask yourself, am I in the state of grace? Have I gone to the sacrament of reconciliation of confession recently? Do I need to examine my conscience? Do I need to go confess my sins to Jesus through one of his ordained priests in the sacrament of confession? I can promise you, my friends, that if you're going through a dry spell, going to the sacrament of confession is your best strategy at this moment. So I'm going to continue on my story about Connie of the divine rescue. What I came to realize over time is that in sharing the story of St. Catherine Drexel and the healing and deliverance and seeing how Connie came to life in noticing and relishing the aspect that here was a nun who spent her entire life blessing the plight of the Native Americans and the African Americans with the presence of Catholicism by educating their children in Catholic schools. In seeing Connie's eyes light up, I realized that I had hit a vein. And as a little shepherdess, when we are studying our lambs, we need to be very cognizant, very in tune with what is making our lambs' eyes light up. So I continue to pray to St. Catherine Drexel. In fact, I told you in my previous episode that God has given me a special grace or gifting, or I don't know what you call it, where I have a profound sense at times of the mystical. And I remember clearly one day as I was driving in my car to see Connie, I felt the presence of St. Catherine Drexel sitting in my car in the front seat. Now you might think that's a bunch of nonsense. You're entitled to think that. All I can tell you is I totally felt her presence. I realized that I was not in this game alone, that I was being sent spiritual forces. In addition to St. Catherine Drexel, of course, I now had the prayers of Father Jay at Mary Help of Christians because I had shared with him a little bit of the story of Connie. So I now also had a priest praying for her. As time went on, I saw that Connie's identity was something I needed to really zero in and focus on. And when I learned that she was a Creole, I realized I could emphasize the different aspects of that. My intense desire, as I've said before, is to share with the world why I love being Catholic. I want everyone to become Catholic and to me, that is asking the biggest blessing on a soul. You might not understand why I say that, but I've given my whole life to this. My whole life has been steeped in the love of Catholicism, and I would give my life 
for it. So when I meet someone special, when I meet someone dying, when I meet someone who's reaching out to me with her eyes and her hands and her heart, wanting me to help her, I want to give her and offer her the very best. And the very best I can offer anyone is the ability to receive our Lord Jesus Christ in the sacrament of the Eucharist. So I realized I would focus on her identity, who she was, who her family was. Now, in realizing she was a Creole with French descent, I intuitively recognized that she most probably had Catholics in her family background. She had been raised as a child by a beautiful Protestant grandfather who had steeped her in scripture, who was known for his great charity. He inculcated in Connie a sense of helping those less fortunate, and she delighted in being with him and learning from him. But it seemed that at this point, God was taking her up different steps to the kingdom of heaven. He was introducing her to the fullness of Christianity, to the fullness of Christ in his Catholic church. So I started to tell Connie, Connie, I believe your spiritual DNA is the Catholic church. Yes, I know your father, your grandfather was Protestant, but the very fact that you're a Creole, that you have 25% French blood, tells me that somewhere in your ancestry were Catholics. You're called to be a Catholic, Connie. These are the little loving words I would just gently share with her. I didn't pressure her. I encouraged her. I attracted her. I told her her home was the Catholic Church, that I wanted the best for her. In the process of this, miraculously, if you will, I remembered that there was once a, a man from Haiti, a Creole by the name of Pierre Toussaint. Pierre Toussaint was a hairdresser, a slave, and his owners, pardon me for the expression, but that's actually what it was at the time, were French Catholics. And Pierre Toussaint was a Creole Catholic. Amazingly, I was telling her about him, and when I went home, I don't know how this happened, I found the book about him sitting on my sofa by my bookcase. This book had belonged to my mother, and my mother was very devoted to this man. I don't know how that book ended up on the corner of my sofa. Perhaps I had been rearranging books, and that book at the time did not mean anything of immediate importance to me. But somehow, perhaps the angels influenced me. To put that book there, I do not know. But I was so ecstatic to find the book. My my friends, my point is this. We're all on a mystical journey. Are you looking in your environment, on the horizons, in your friendships, in your relationships, for those little secret signs that heaven is helping you? I was delighted like a child. I eagerly grabbed the book and started to read it. And I said to myself, oh my goodness, Marcy, this is a secret tool to help Connie understand her place in the Catholic Church. I brought the book with me to Connie and I said, Connie, look what I found. I was telling you about this man and I found this book at in home. She was very excited because she told me her mother had been a hairdresser also. Look at the mystical connections, my friend. I told her Pierre Toussaint was a Creole just like her. He was a Catholic, and for 60 years, 60 years, he had been allowed and privileged to attend the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass and receive our Lord in Holy Communion on a daily basis. He never missed for 60 years years. I shared these little details with her, and she absorbed it with wide-eyed wonder. I then said to her, Connie, I come to visit you almost every day. I've noticed 
you have a little difficulty focusing in reading your books. How would you like it if I came each day and I read to you part of this book? She said, I would love that. Now, I know Connie loved that idea because she wanted to learn more, but she also wanted me there. Connie, of all of the people I've ever known, was a person where, what do you call that love language? Quality time was a key way to show her she was special and she was loved. Spending time with her, being with her, sharing my interests, sharing my heart, sharing my love, being affectionate, kissing her, holding her hands, kissing her hands, placing a little cross on her forehead and telling her how special she was, how much Jesus loved her, whispering little prayers in her ear like, Jesus, I trust in you. Sweetheart of Mary, be my salvation. I didn't ask her permission to say these Catholic prayers. I just shared my heart with her. I just breathed the life of the Holy Spirit into her, through her ears, through touch, through sight. My friends, that, in my opinion, is one of the best way to bring souls to the Catholic Church, is simply to be present, to love them where they're at, to bring your tenderness, to bring your heart, not to bring your rules, not to bring your your lecturing or your scolding. It's simply love this lamb right where this lamb is. Do you find a lamb in a mud puddle? Do you find a lamb in a forest? Do you find a lamb in the darkness of despair? Use the gifts, use your heart, use your faith to hold this soul in prayer, perhaps in your arms, perhaps in your words, perhaps in your gaze, but let this person know he or she is profoundly special, valuable, and worthy of your time and focused attention. So I brought the book to her and she actually wanted me to leave it there so that in the time between when I visited her and the next time she could read it, she could look through it. I don't know how many pages she got through. I do know... I was not able to complete the book because as time went on, she was being more and more medicated and she would fall asleep and she wouldn't be aware that I was reading to her. But I left the book there nonetheless. She liked to have the book in close proximity to her. Another thing I did, at this particular time in my life, I was being very intimately reconnected with St. Therese of Lisieux, who is also known as St. Therese of the Child Jesus and of the Holy Face. St. Therese was a French Carmelite nun who died at the age of 24 in her Carmelite convent of tuberculosis. Yet in 24 short years, she rose to the heights of sanctity. She was born in 1873 and died in 1890. And it was only under obedience to the mother superior of her convent that she wrote the autobiography of her life called The Story of a Soul. And in that incredible autobiography, St. Therese taught and shared the mystery of her life, the mystery and secret of her sanctity, which was the little way of sanctification. What is the little way of sanctification? It's doing everything thing with love. Everything. The tiniest things. Picking up a spoon. Washing the dishes. Cleaning the bathroom. Writing a report. Writing in your car. Whatever you're doing to have a state of prayer and love. Picking up a piece of trash. Doing it all out of love of God. She calls it the little way of sanctification. And my calling to be a little shepherdess, I consider it the little way of attracting souls, the little way of apostolate, the little way of the law of attraction, taking the love of Jesus and in little ways attracting souls to him, for him to comfort, to console, to tenderly care for, to love, to place in his sacred heart the furnace of charity, where they will be enkindled in the fire of his love. So I asked Connie, Connie, 
Would you like me also to read this book? Oh, yes, please, she said. So again, I started reading chapters of the book about St. Therese. In this way, the days passed with me just showing up. But now I was showing her not just my life. I was showing her the lives of two other saintly people. One, a Creole slave brought from Haiti to New York, where he lived out his calling as a hairdresser where he became the preeminent, most highly sought-after hairdresser for all of the rich ladies in New York, and in the process, lived the most saintly life. Pierre Toussaint is most probably a saint, though yet not canonized by the church. St. Therese, age 24, some years after her death, was canonized, and her name is honored all over the world. There are accounts during the World War I where thousands of French soldiers reported seeing her in visions, encouraging them, consoling them as they fought against the threat against France in World War One. Perhaps that was World War Two. I am actually not sure about that. I need to check. So I'm going to stop my story right now. I'm still laying the groundwork for the mystical recovery, the mystical, uh, what is the word I want to call it? The rescue of her divine Lord, bringing her, his precious lamb, into the bosom of the Catholic Church. This is the conclusion of part three of my story. There are so many more details, and I will tell you more in my next episode. Until next time, my friends, please pray for me. Please pray for this mission I have of bringing the stories that God has given to me of my life messages, of my life sorrows, adversities, and struggles. Please pray for me that I can spread His holy love throughout the world. In Jesus' holy name I pray, amen. So, my friends, we've come to the end of today's broadcast. I invite you to subscribe and share the Catholic Whisperer podcast with all of your friends. You can follow me on Facebook and Instagram as the Catholic Whisperer. Until next time, together, let us live our faith, love our faith, learn our faith, spread our faith, and be our faith. I'm Marcy Youngster. Until next time, God bless you and everyone you love.